This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> okay, welcome to the AWPT podcast. I'm here with Jacinta. Actually, fun fact, Jacinta and I went to high school together. So for those of you who are like from Sydney, we're from the West, if you know, we're like Ter- <laughs> Terra Sancta College. <laughs> um, so Jacinta, tell, tell the people a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, I'm currently a personal trainer and online coach. So this is my fourth year into it. So um, I coach mainly women. Um, and quite recently, I've started um, delving into training more women with ADHD um, because I have it myself. And I just found that it was kind of like a niche that no one had really talked about before. And especially with like the last couple of years, um, ADHD has become a, li- a little bit more talked about um, in like the mainstream. So I thought it was a good way to kind of combine the two things together and hopefully help more people. Yeah, I love that. Um, such an awesome niche. And I feel like, like you said, I feel like it's become a lot more um like I've seen a lot more, I don't know if it's just because like we've recently been talking about it, but I seem to see it like a lot in like a lot of reels and things like that. Like apparently that's a way a lot of people have um, like, that's the the first step they've taken to like getting their diagnosis. So um, what would you say, or tell us a little bit about your own journey with ADHD. Yeah, so, I mean, my whole life, I've, like, kind of felt, like, a little bit just different. I mean, like, my mum used to say that, like, I would call myself an alien because, like, I just didn't really feel kind of like the other kids kind of thing. And pretty much, like, throughout my, um, like, childhood and stuff, I was just, like, you know, not a naughty kid, just, like, always talking and not being able to pay attention and stuff like that. And it didn't really, um, like, start to affect me until I left school. So throughout this time, I hadn't been diagnosed. And... I noticed that the more kind of responsibility I got and the more things I just had to kind of deal with, the more my symptoms started to show up. So it got to a point where um, I was 21 and I had just like a really bad couple of weeks, like constantly forgetting things, like all that sort of stuff. And I genuinely thought I had like a brain tumor or something. Like I thought I was like, something was wrong oh with me. So I went, yeah. Cause I was like, this isn't normal. Like I'm forgetting things constantly. Like I'm always late to things. Like, it's just like really impacting my life now. And I went to a GP and they gave me a referral to like a psychiatrist. And I was like, oh God, here we go. They think I'm crazy. But yeah, yeah um, went, through, went through a bunch of, you know, like screening questions and stuff. And yeah, it turns out I had ADHD. Um, and yeah, it was at the time, it was a little bit like, oh, like that's weird. You don't really like think of like girls having ADHD or women having mm. ADHD. But once we kind of like went over the whole diagnosis, I was like, oh, okay that makes this sense, makes sense. <laughs> yeah because it was always just like these weird little things that like especially being a girl as well like a woman as well like um you know women tend to be quite clean and quite organized like I was just none of that I was messy disorganized like all that sort of stuff and I was just like there's like something wrong with me but yeah no turns out I just had ADHD and that's all really common um symptoms when um you're talking about you know women with ADHD so yeah yeah wow I mean so what a great I mean it must feel very good like having a proper diagnosis now because I feel like the more you know like with anything um it just gives you like so much power um so when you were a kid because like you said I feel like it shows so there are internalized symptoms and then externalized symptoms of ADHD 
So women um, have more inter more. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it more internalized, and that's why they're harder Generally. to? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, women can suffer with the more external things like the hyperactivity and like the interrupting thing. Like I'm really bad with that. Um, mm. But yeah, there's a lot more internalized things. So things like because again, as women, we're te- we're kind of socialized to keep ourselves together like we have a little bit less room for error than you know because you know you, you always hear like oh boys will be boys oh he's just being a boy kind of thing but um yeah so with women it's a lot of like internalized things so a lot of um emotional dysregulation so having you know really heightened emotions whether that be good or whether that be you know not so good um things like um yeah just not being a, generally emotions are like the biggest one um and mm-hmm. it's not just and we also suffer with something called um rejection sensitivity dysphoria which isn't like a clinical term, but it's a term that uh, a lot of psychologists were talking about. And it's basically the concept of when you are rejected and not just in a sense of like, you know, dating or friendship or a job, but in any sort of any sense of rejection, we tend to take that a lot like quite heart, like quite to heart. Um, so that can also play like a huge role in our emotional dysregulation as well. But they're generally the, main, the two main things that are quite hard to um, kind of and because it also can come off um, as things like, you know, women are generally um, misdiagnosed as things like um, having anxiety, bipolar, BPD, which they can obviously coexist together. Um, but yeah, a lot of the times, like I was diagnosed with anxiety and turns out my anxiety just kind of stemmed from the fact that my ADHD was undiagnosed and uncontrolled kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that is, is it um, like a comorbid, comorbidity? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, I find that it can be because obviously you can have anxiety out like you know separated from your ADHD but I found a lot of the time and my psychiatrist said as well a lot of the times you know the depression the anxiety things like eating disorders obesity they're all quite um, comorbid with ADHD purely because of the way that we're we tend to have trouble with processing our emotions and stuff like that yeah yeah that would be really really hard especially yeah as a young child um because so I was uh, watching like a YouTube video and like the girl was saying that, you know, she got really good grades. She was always like very like well behaved. And yeah, like yourself, like for a long time, she was, um, you know, they just said it was like depression and anxiety and things like that. Um, and then like very many years later, um, it came that like she had ADHD. But then there's, so there's three categories. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the yes, yeah, so you got like inattentive, which is generally like you suffer with more of your focus and concentration and losing things. And then you've got your hyperactive type, so a lot more of those external ones. So like the hyperactivity, um, you know, interrupting people, stuff like that. And then you've got like your combined type. Um, mm-hmm. I th- at the they used to really kind of like heavily push that, but I think now they're sort of trying to draw uh, draw away from it because they found that it was mostly women being diagnosed with the inattentive type, sorry, with the inattentive type and, uh, you know, men being diagnosed with the hyperactive type. And that tended to kind of, kind of skew the way that they were treated when in reality, like they needed to be treated quite similarly, even though their oh. symptoms were different, if that makes sense. I'm not, yeah. obviously every, um, like every country and every practice does its own thing, but at the moment they're trying to, yeah, kind of put it all onto one umbrella. Like there's no ADD anymore or anything like that because they want to make it, kind of as easy to understand as possible and less gendered mm. and more like, yeah, you know, men can get this, women can get this, adults can get this, kids can get this, you know, like it's a mm-hmm. thing that everybody can have. Yeah, because I did see, um, I mean, this was in America though, that like, there's like 
one million or something like that um, misdiagnosed cases of ADHD. Um, so mm. yeah, that would be yeah really really hard. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I have my notes up there. So what do you struggle with as a business owner? And say like if someone is listening and they might uh potentially like think that you know what oh maybe I have ADHD what sort of things should they be looking out for um and how do they get help yeah so I think the thing with ADHD is that a lot of the times like the symptoms are kind of like what I call normal people problems but just like like times 100 and like you can't control it and it's all day and it's every day and you know, and that's kind of like, cause you think the symptoms, things like, um, you know, focus, disorganization, stuff like that. They are like, you know, everyone suffers with that. You know, not everyone's super organized. Not everyone is, you know, super like always on time for things and stuff like that. But when you have ADHD, it's like, it's every single day, it's to every single aspect of your life. And I think that the organization is probably the hardest thing. Um, you know, everyone struggles with ADHD in their own way. Um, so obviously everyone's going to be diff- different, but the organization thing I think is the hardest part because, especially as like a sole trader, like I don't have a boss and that's amazing because I was a horrible employee. I was not great <laughs> as an employee. Um, but is the, the best and the worst thing about it is that you pretty much, it's up to you to do whatever you want. And mm. if you don't have, I don't like using the word discipline, but if you don't have the correct structures or the correct kind of routines to kind of keep you day to day, it can be very easy to kind of go off track and, not have the you know not be as successful as you want to be so I think when it comes to organization like the biggest thing is making sure you're like writing everything down like every idea that you have or every appointment that you have like client with appointment with the client or every program you have to write or any single thing that you have to do when it comes to your business write it down put it into your calendar like set an alarm because you don't think you'll forget it but you will forget it (laughs) um and that's another thing like memory is a huge problem like if it's not in front of me or if it's not written down, like it literally does not exist in my head. And it's like, you almost forget that you've forgotten things as well until it's right in front of you, in front of you. And you're like, Oh crap. Like I when I first started, yeah. yeah, like when I first started um, double booking constantly and I, and it was so like silly because you know, you have a calendar in front of you and I was trying to use like a paper diary, like a, one of those like paper ones. And I was like, you know, everyone else uses it. So like, that's great, whatever. But because I didn't have it on me constantly, I would like, you know, half write like things in like my phone diary and half things like half write things in like my paper diary. And so like things would just get messy. So I think that like my biggest tip, have your phone, like use your phone as like your calendar, your diary, your everything, Mm -hmm. unless you can honestly believe that you like carry around a diary with you because. Yeah. But pick one. Yeah, exactly. Make (laughs) things like easy for yourself, like make things as easy as possible. Like, if it means, you know, having a couple, like a charger at home and a charger at work so that you can always like charge a phone. Cause that's another thing, like, you know, I'll forget to charge my phone or run a lot of my business on my phone, having things like that. Just like little things, like every time you find a little problem, figure it, like write it down so that you remember it. And then, you know, find a way that you can solve that problem, if that makes sense. And if it means, yeah. you know, doing little things like, yeah, like for example, for me, I will like bounce to and from work like my the gym that I work at and I'll just like my phone will be half dead and it's like well that's pretty useless so having like a charger at home in my car at work just gives me one less thing to have to worry about yeah 
Speaking of charges, I didn't put my laptop yeah. on charge. Seriously, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and see what I mean? Like it's it's average people or your normal people problems, oh, yeah, but just like sure. thousand. Yeah, um, but amazing tips. And I mean, yeah, I love that. You know, just like taking action. So like, once something like kind of like pops up, write it down. Whether it be in like yeah, your phone or your paper diary, if that's what you prefer. Um, I think that's really um, something that you can like action straight away and even if you don't have ADHD like that is an amazing tip because I'm forgetting stuff yeah. all the time yeah, yeah and that's why I really like about this as well because yeah it's you don't if you don't have ADHD you're gonna like you can benefit from these greatly and you'll probably benefit them even more because you'll be able to action them a little bit better if that makes sense so yeah, yeah they're for everybody oh beautiful and then how did you I oh, say so, so you went because you had a tumor you thought you had a tumor yeah. you went to yeah. the <laughs> So, like, but if you do think that you might have ADHD or even if there is something that, I don't know, maybe you um, have something else that you might want to explore, like just going to your doctor and getting a referral to see a psychiatrist, that's what you'd suggest, like, as the first step? Yeah, definitely. So um, if you live in a sh- definitely in Sydney, I'm not sure about the rest of Australia, but I would assume it'd be something similar where you can go and get, like, a mental health plan and it gives you, like, I think they change it from 10 to 20 now. You get 20 discounted um, psychiatrist sessions because they are quite expensive. Um, generally, yeah. it brings it down to around 100 a session. But, you know, that isn't obviously accessible to everybody. But if you can see a psychiatrist, definitely do that. Um, again, I re- recommend going to a GP, getting that um, referral so that you can get it a little bit cheaper and then going to an ADHD specialist um, or some or a therapist or a psychologist that specializes it. And I also recommend if you're a woman with ADHD, try to see a female psychiatrist. Obviously, not all male psychiatrists are bad, clearly, but I have found I have had negative experiences when it comes to with I've only had two experiences. So I don't want to like, you know, paint a broad brush or generalize. But yeah, I've I tend to find that as women, we take get taken a bit less seriously, just like in general with medical things. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, you're nodding. So, you know, yeah, um, and then I especially. Know, I know. And then you like smack a, a boy disorder onto it and it's like, well, you're not going to, you know, it's just so that you make it as easy, yeah, making it as easy as possible to you because, yes, um, because, yeah, the easier it is, it is quite a long process, but the sooner you start it, the sooner it kind of goes. Um, generally, it depends on obviously um, what your psychiatrist recommends. Um, I personally do a combination of um, like CBT and medication. So I started medication when I was 21. And honestly, that changed everything. Like, I know medication can be quite um, controversial, especially because, I mean, quite frankly, we take an amphetamine, it's called a dex amphetamine, but it is an amphetamine. So it does have quite, you know, negative connotations around it. But mm-hmm. the thing is, it works so differently in ADHD brains, you know, it literally, all it does is it, I like to describe it as like glasses for your brain. So you've got kind of constantly things going on in your brain. It's really hard to focus. And all the, med- like all the medication does is just kind of quiet it down a little bit, makes it easier to focus, makes it easier to get the kind of the work things done, the adult things done, the things that we really struggle with. So like, you know, things like chores, whatever, any sort of sit down work, um, it also helps just being able to like control your emotions a little bit better. So it generally will help with like your physical symptoms, but because it helps with kind of like those physical things, it also then in turn helps with your emotional regulation and stuff like that. So, um, but I also do think having a combination of therapy, if you can afford it, 
works really well as well. Um, if you don't have access to therapy, which obviously no one, not everyone does, um, there's a bunch of really good resources, um, podcasts, YouTube channels. Um, there's even an app um, called, I think it's called Inflow ADHD or something. And it basically mm -hmm. is like just like little, um, I guess, like lessons you can do every day that are like really easy, really simple, um, that can kind of just help you kind of get your stuff together with your organization stuff like that but yeah pod like free but like free resource wise like podcasts youtube channels um i think there's one called like hacking your adhd that's mm -hmm. a podcast um and there's another one that i can't remember the name of um mm -hmm. and there is a youtube channel as well it's how to adhd or something along those lines but yeah mm -hmm. they're your best like free resources um mm -hmm. if you aren't able to get um therapy lovely and i mean um like that's a good place to start like the free resources but obviously yeah if you have like if you think that you have ADHD I definitely recommend like going to see um a professional I mean it was actually interesting I think I was watching how to ADHD and she yeah. said um I had it written down wait where is it yeah so wait no yeah, like women are more likely to under, what's the word? Like under-report their symptoms and yes. stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. So women are more likely to under-report and then men are more likely to over-report. So. Yeah. And I think, know. I mean, obviously I'm not 100% sure why, but my theory would be that, I mean, because we do stuff with a lot of those like internal symptoms, so like the mood symptoms, it's very easy to brush them off because it's like, oh, you're just in a bad mood or, oh, you're just being sensitive kind of thing. So I think that's probably why, because they're not seen as like serious things. We're less likely to think that it's a symptom of something else, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But all amazing and helpful tips. So thank you, Jacinta. Um, and how would you recommend like helping clients with ADHD? Yeah, so um, advice to coaches with um, clients with ADHD is to just be patient and understanding. Um, a lot of the times, you know, things like, you know, being a little bit late to sessions here and there and not being 100% able to stick to protocols and stuff, it does take, I mean, obviously I'm generalising, but it can take a little bit longer for us to kind of get into routines and get established. Also, um, yeah, just being patient, understanding that if we're, a little late to sessions or if they forget a session or they you know maybe stuff up times or something just understand that they're not doing it on purpose they're not doing because you know they're not doing it because they're lazy or they're unmotivated it's usually just because they're either taking a little bit of time to get used to it or they just need a little bit of extra assistance and I find that the assistance you'll give to your ADHD clients may be a little bit different to the client the advice you give to your like neurotypical clients like for example mm -hmm. I tell my um my neurotypical client who okay work out like first thing in the morning like get up go do that thing you know then you can go to work but if I've got a client with AD like my client with ADHD it wouldn't really if she was to kind of get up straight away go to gym and then like go to go to her work she finds that it's going to take her a little bit longer to like get into that kind of like focus mode so I find that you know we'd give her slightly different protocols or maybe um another example uh, a client with ADHD is really struggling to like get to their sessions. Like they really want to, but they just are like finding it hard. What I like to do is instead of saying, okay, get like your full hour session in, what about we split that hour session up into half hour blocks, do a half hour in the morning or, and then a half hour in the afternoon. Or what you can do is 
get into get to your start your session even if you get one set done cool if you get one set done you're still not feeling it you can leave generally what happens is with clients with ADHD once they start something they get quite into it so generally using different ways to help your client with ADHD and thinking outside the box as well mm -hmm. so um, you know just because something isn't like a conventional thing you do with a client doesn't mean that it's not going to work or should be overlooked um mm -hmm. and one more thing as well like generally just I mean it's a pretty good advice for like all your clients but just like genuinely listen to them because if they mm -hmm. need or help with something they'll generally tell you what they need and you just kind of kind of like help them with that like for example they'll they tend to be we tend to be quite honest and very like straightforward like hey I'm not going to be able to get this workout done today instead of being like oh well you can get it in like you can do it kind of thing maybe something like okay how about we you can't get done today cool um what's your schedule like tomorrow where um do you have an hour off or half an hour off in your day okay cool let's put it in at that time when you've got that hour at that half hour off so being a little bit more flexible you know to sum that all up being patient being understanding being a bit flexible and knowing that they will get there in the end they just will need a little bit more time again generally this isn't uh you know there's very generalized speaking yeah yeah and so um that was a lot in a good way in a good way but number <laughs> one before I forget I'm like trying to take like, like mental notes in my head so number one oh. say if a client is late or a client doesn't show up to a session like she honestly just forgets what is your um like policy with that especially like you know if you if you know the client yet yeah, has ADHD like you said you want to be a little bit more patient so what how do you suggest going about that usually I just try to avoid it before it even happens so I have like a, a service where it will like send a reminder text beforehand and then usually what mm. I get my yeah I know it's like it's something like I had never even just considered it until I like it just randomly popped up on like a google search one day and I was like that is so smart because like I was manually doing it myself <laughs> and I was like I, I was manually that. doing it and I was like there's gonna be like an automated way to do it and I was like wow don't know why I wasted my time doing that but anyways um but yeah so having like an automated like reminder system so and then also I tell them to like set an alarm so if we have a session at I don't know 8 8 a.m set an alarm for like 6 30 a.m because again you can't ignore an alarm and even if you do somehow forget that we have a session like the from the reminder text you've got another alarm but generally like for my cancellation policies um or like my no-show policies I usually just do like a once like what if it happened the first time when the first time it happens I'm just like okay cool just letting you know next time if it does happen I charge like a full fee but a lot of the times it's very like uh what's it called like situation based so if they're yeah genuinely you know not able to make it I've I'm very like relaxed in how I run my business maybe that's not very like smart business wise but I don't know I just <laughs> it works for you that's a, I'm the same I'm very much the same I just feel bad I'm like I'm late to any everything all the time yeah. so how the well, who am I to say like you're late like that's a bit <laughs> wrong yeah <laughs> but I think um you know even as uh, I don't want to again um generalize but just like as women I think we are a little bit just like more empathetic um oh yeah yeah but I'd say I'm like just like very easygoing like I just want to like treat people how like I would want to be treated so like yourself like yeah, yeah so like yourself maybe I have ADHD no I'm joking um <laughs> I'm always late to things always late um so I just yeah it's um given like the you know like the courtesy um of like the message and yeah hopefully it just and usually you can tell like usually if it's like every single session and they're like 15 minutes like then okay then clearly 
you know, maybe that's like a problem. And again, like what I like to do as well, like um, if I do have a client that's, you know, constantly missing a session or whatever, I will just say like, hey, do you want to change a session time? Because like, if you're not able, like you say, okay, you can commit to 7.30, but if you're, if this is like the third time you've, you know, slept in or whatever, then like maybe 7.30 is just like not a good time for you to work out. Why don't we do it like an hour later or a couple hours later or why don't we do it at night or something? So yeah, I like, I, my big philosophy, this is like a bit of a tangent, but like my big like philosophy is like, I don't believe in the idea of laziness. Um, I don't think laziness no, yeah. exists. If you genuine, like if you have a client come to you and they say like, hey, like I want to you know, lose weight, like clearly they want to, right? Because if they didn't, they wouldn't have come to you in the first place. And when, you know, clients miss a session or they don't hit their macros, like are they being lazy or are there just barriers that they may maybe not even don't even realize that they have or they need to overcome? And mm. like as a coach, my job to help that. Like if anything, I'm lazy calling my client lazy because I'm the one that should be helping them. Yeah, I definitely agree because that's what they're uh I guess like yeah in a sense like that's what they hire you for you know like they're we're here to help um and it doesn't yeah, I'll just say it's not to say that like I babysit them and you know like no. I'm there constantly checking up on them but it's just like if they need if there is a problem and it needs to be fixed then me saying like hey just wake up earlier like if they're not waking up now why would they wake up earlier like it's just it doesn't really make sense to give them things that they you know that they can't stick to for whatever reason, you know what I mean? Like, I just like mm -hmm. to make things as easy as possible for people because <laughs> if it's not yeah. easy, times they just won't do it. And, like, fair enough. <laughs> exactly. And just, like, yeah, everyone is different. What works for one person is not going to work for the next. Some people are morning people. Some people prefer to train at night. Some people, I mean, I have clients who just, like, don't like tracking, so we use, like, the photo um, option on, yeah, like, the Trainerize app. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. It's so, really cool. Yeah, it's all about just, yeah, um, I don't think there's, like, one, like, one size sort of fits all to health and fitness, you know? Like, yeah, each person is different, and um, I hope this isn't, like, doesn't sound like a cop-out, but if you're, like, a good coach, if you'll, you'll find a way to make it work for each client. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that's a cop-out at all. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, if it's, it's our job kind of thing, and if they you know, like I've had clients in the past that, you know, really do struggle to stick to things. And like, I've, ha I've said to them, you know, maybe like right now is not a good time for you to be dieting. Like if you really can't stick to it, like really is a good time? Is this a good time to be dieting? Like there's, I think it's important to, yeah, be able to like also identify like, is it, if they're really not able to stick to something, then maybe is it something that they should be doing right now as well? Like, yeah, I don't know. I have a, the way, like I'm, I see a lot of coaches and they're very like, you know, grind, like, hustle hard like grind yeah. till die or whatever but and maybe that works for like their clients and that's like awesome for them but yeah I like to take an empathetic approach I get because like yeah. yeah I don't know at the end of the day like they're not not hitting their macros to like spite me or anything like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny um but yeah definitely um I just lost my train of thought damn it <laughs> what was I gonna well no that's okay what were we talking about um, um you're asking someone with ADHD. That's a really bad. <laughs> you should know by now. This is not. <laughs> um, oh my god, that's so terrible of me. Anyway, all right, we'll move on to the next thing. Um, I feel like that was a really good tangent, though. I like that. Um, so, I mean, I guess we kind of already touched on it. Like, how may it show up in their fitness journey? Yeah, I'll just like touch on it really quickly. So, generally, yeah. like things, um, you know 
uh, forget, like not being able to stick to your macros, whether that be because of like sensory issues, disorganization with planning, things like that. Um, you know, another thing that organization can impact is obviously just like getting your sessions done, like just in general. Um, I find emotions do like your yeah, emotional dysregulation tends to play a really big part um, in it as well, because um, like I was saying before, um, uh, eating disorders like binge eating, um, anorexia, bulimia, they are quite comorbid with ADHD. So um, there can be a lot of issues with food around whether that be like emotional, psychological, like whatever it is. Um, what else? Um, generally, generally, they're probably like the biggest things. Another thing is impulse control. Um, I mean, a lot of people suffer with that anyways, but generally people with ADHD tend to have a little bit less impulse control. So like the whole like, oh, fuck it kind of thing. And whether mm. that be, you know, a lot of food or deciding that they're just going to go out and you know, spend the rest of their macros on drinks or something like that. But generally, they're the biggest ways you'll see it to um, like turn up in a, I guess, negative way. But I also find like in a positive way, like my clients with ADHD, they're just so motivated. Not that I like the word motivated, but they're just, they've got this like really like this big drive in them that even though like they have so many hurdles and so many obstacles, they just like do not give up. And they're the most stubborn people and it's the best. <laughs> and I totally yeah. relate to it. I, I think that's like that makes a really good client just like never giving up and I find that people with ADHD regardless of every like obstacle they just don't give up and I think it's awesome yeah what an amazing yeah that's beautiful and then that would be like so I mean part of why I love being a PT and a coach is just like you get to help people like reach their full potentials but to especially like help someone that is going through the same kind of I guess like journey as yourself like you know like I guess like the struggles that they're going with like that would just be Absolutely. like that much more satisfying yeah and like not to like I don't know how to say is that sound like super dramatic but like because I guess women with ADHD we are such a small population I guess it can mm -hmm. be very isolating and especially like a lot of the symptoms with like um that come with ADHD they're very not traditionally like feminine I don't know how to explain it but like like I was saying before like being really messy and being unorganized and it can be very like weird to kind of like be a, a girl and have to kind of go through that because you have this expectation of like being clean and being organized and being like put together and just having someone or like a community or even just like yeah one person to talk to about it and be like hey you're not like not like weird or crazy like you're just a little bit different and there's like nothing wrong with you we just need to find ways to work with your brain and not against it mm. like it's so rewarding like so like I've probably got at least five girls um with ADHD who I coach and like every single one of them was just like I it's just so like nice and refreshing and like cathartic to just be able to like talk to someone who like genuinely understands that like I'm not laid on purpose like I'm not hitting my macros because I don't want to be here and I hate it kind of thing. So that's like so beyond rewarding. So beyond rewarding. Yeah, I love that. And it's just come back to me, that question I had. So have you ever had a client that, um, how do I say that, um, that was like just very resistant to change? Because I've had a few and – like I almost like, I mean, they've sort of like moved on and like kind of stopped training with me. And then um, I get like, I take things like very, very personally. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I failed them. Like, <laughs> so yes. how, yeah, have you had um, 
many of oh, those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think imposter, I like the term I think is called like imposter syndrome. Like it's very common in like PTs, just like in general, I'm sure in like every profession in general. And I find that like, yeah, I, another thing that comes on with ADHD is that like rejection sensitivity and like any sort of rejection. Yeah, it is. It does hurt. And I think like, yeah, a client, like, and like I said, because my philosophy is like, I am here to help you. If I find that I'm having like quite a lot of trouble with a client, it does like, it, I do I take it not to not that they're doing it to me but it's like damn like I wish I could like figure out what they need so I can help yes. them kind of thing yeah, like, how do I help you more? yeah like and it's so frustrating because like sometimes it's very easy to kind of like get not frustrated with them but just frustrated with like the process because it's just like damn like they really really want it and like they really are motivated they like just need to like change their mindset a little bit and I think kind of like when I get into that like not worked up state but that really frustrated state I have to like literally take a walk and like let my brain kind of like settle itself down so I can actually think clearer and be like okay clearly there is something that's not working um like for example this one client I had she just wasn't able to stick to her macros even though you know we haven't really had trouble with it in the past and I was like look maybe it's just like a good idea to just like stop dieting at the moment because we're kind of just like there's no point spinning wheels for both of us like you know as a coach and as a client and going nowhere when like I'm sure she's getting as frustrated as I am too and just being able to like remind yourself that like whatever I'm feeling they're probably feeling it too like they they are paying me for for a reason I'm sure they're not like you know happy for their money to just kind of go to nothing I guess so yeah just like being able to take a step back and be like cool let, let myself kind of like calm down especially because again like my emotions can get quite intense um <laughs> let myself kind of chill out to like not think about it or let myself have a proper like think about it and not judge myself for the way that I'm feeling if that makes sense yes. because that can make things worse as well because then I'm like I shouldn't be angry I'm a coach like I should be able to handle this like it just makes it 10 times worse so being able to just like yeah come back to it have a good like leave it alone come back to it and then generally if like all else fails I just like to say hey look let's just like take a break for a little bit if it's like a week two weeks whatever generally having like a reset or a refresh or a break tends to be something that kicks them into gear yeah yeah I love that really really good advice so break um speak kindly to yourself and try not to judge yourself um because I mean yeah we're all just like trying to help as much as we can that's why I guess like we all get into this sort of like profession um yeah yeah it is it's just hard not to like I can I can find like the like my passion can come out as like very intense as well so yeah. I'm just like see how it can be quite intense with the other person but like yeah it's hard when you love your job like you really want the best for your clients and you have to also understand as well like they don't know the things that you know and they don't have the knowledge that you know like being thinking like oh well if they just did this it's like well they probably they don't have that knowledge that's why they hired me in the first place so yeah just like kind of humbling yourself a bit as well and being like hey like we're equals here like we're definitely equals I'm you know where I'm here to help you kind of thing so yeah if that makes any sense (laughs) yeah of course and um I guess so I had a client as well who was just um very 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 resistant to eating more calories and a lot of it is just like yeah yes she just like no I'm gonna gain weight I'm not doing it I'm like I promise you just put your faith in me trust me and then like a lot of it is just like educating them on like why not eating enough 
um, is not going to help you get towards your goals and things like that. Um, so education as well, I think is a big, big, big part. And like, just if you were to turn around, uh, yeah, like, and if you were to turn around, turn around to her and be like, well, why don't you just like, listen to me? Like, just listen and just like eat the calories that I'm telling you. It's like, well, <laughs> you, it's like, you can understand like why she would be up. Like, if you really think about or like try to understand why they feel that way, it's like, you know, as women, we've been like told to eat the least amount of food possible mm. our entire lives until about like what, five years ago or something. Like, yeah, I like, even when we were in high, like, even when we were in high school, like it was still like, you know, like eat as little as you can, like thigh gap, like skinny legs. So it's like, you can understand why she would feel that way. So to, get frustrated at her it's like you're just gonna make her feel worse and make her not want to stick to it even more if that makes sense yeah exactly and I think um I was reading this article the other day I think a lot of it is like conditioned by like social cues so um as women I think or just as people we sort of like you know you see another woman eating maybe not as much as you and then your thought is like oh am I like eating too much is that uh, like and I was always that, like, my family's like, are you really eating that much? I'm like, let me oh my eat God, my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> oh, my God, I feel you. Like, it's it's funny because, like, I'm from, like, a Wog family. So, like, usually it's, like, the opposite. So it's, like, if you're not eating, it's, like, what are yeah. you, like, why are you further away into nothing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, because you're Maltese. That's Nanu? Yeah. Nanu? Yeah, yeah, none that, none, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My not, my nonna. Oh. Yeah, because oh. you're half Italian, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, and then my last question. Oh, was there anything? No, we had um, someone asked you a question on your Instagram. Let me just grab that question. Yeah, so I had somebody ask me, um, how do you exercise when there's a list of things to be done? I can't until the house is clean for, and I'm guessing it says like for the family or for the kids. So um, this is actually one of my past clients. So obviously, so she's a mom. So obviously I am not a mom. Um, you guys are amazing. I don't know how you guys do it. Um, so obviously <laughs> I give advice from a non-parent perspective, but I find that when it comes to like getting motivation, exercise helps so much. Like exercise literally like pushes, like like creates dopamine in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like the thing that people with ADHD, we are lacking. So the hormone that kind of gets us to just start the boring things we don't want to do. So I find that even though there's like, when I've got heaps of stuff, but like massive pile of laundry and the like dishes are a mess. If I like just sit there and go, okay, go to the dishes, go to the dishes. Like it's just not going to happen. But I find mm -hmm. if I go, work out even if I literally just go for a walk up and down the street it gives me enough dopamine to be like all right I'm cool I'm moving let's go get this done so obviously everyone is super different and it can be very different depending on your um schedule and stuff like that but I I always find rewarding yourself before doing the task helps like you know you always hear about like delaying the reward you know do the hard things that you can do the fun thing but I find with ADHD brains we need that reward to be able to do the fun to, the, to do the boring bits so that's my advice I mean Take it with a grain of salt if you have a family. But, I mean, you're a mum. Do you have yeah. any, like, tips for that? Um, I mean, my advice probably would have been the same. I think, like, you know, the dishes can wait. Um, but, I mean, I also only have one son and I train at home. So mm. he comes downstairs and trains with me. If not, I'll try train. Yeah, yeah, so good. 
um <laughs> yes yeah, sometimes I'm like come on Zig, do some push-ups with me <laughs> they'll train with me um but yeah if not I'll try train during the day so I think um hmm, so what advice would I give I think like if you can get uh, some sort of home gym I feel like that helps as well like obviously yeah. like monetary providing like you can get a really cheap set of like dumbbells from Kmart for like 30 bucks like the adjustable yep. ones like and then like oh, a no set way. of bands yeah they're super cheap like they only go up to 10 kilos but like it's at the end of the day it's better than nothing and if exactly. you have option easy like you know if you have an option that's right there the easier it is the more likely you're going to do it so even doing like a, you know 30 minute circuit like in your backyard is better than doing nothing at all mm-hmm. 100% then like you said that's going to give you that dopamine kick and then you can get the kids outside with you working yeah, out in exactly. the sun. I love that. I think, yeah, that home workout is a really good one. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I was going to say something else. Because um, uh, so that actually, so during like even like a woman's cycle or like different like hormonal like fluctuations throughout her life. So ADHD can get, like so I'm doing quotations you won't see it in the podcast um so during puberty it can get like worse and then yeah so generally, like anytime there's like a change in hormones that can kind of like mess up your symptoms to in like a very scientific way um but yeah. generally I just want to make sure that I've got this right so I'm not like talking something saying something wrong but I'm so estrogen is quite kind of nice to ADHD so the more estrogen you have in your body it tends to be able to help with your dopamine and your focus and all that sort of stuff which is why generally from like the week of your period to the week before the day before the day of your ovulation your symptoms are the easiest to handle because you've got um, a lot more estrogen whereas you know as you get to that later part of your cycle as you get, um, you know, as your estrogen drops, those symptoms get worse. So, th- like, oh. I find personally, yeah, I find personally the week before my period, my meds just don't work at all. So they just, because of the amount that, yeah, just because of the kind of hormonal changes and stuff like that. Again, I don't know, like, 100% specific, so I don't want to say anything and be completely wrong. But yeah. generally the week before your period, it's very, very common for women to find that they don't, um, like, their medication doesn't work or their symptoms get a lot worse. Wow. And so that means so even, I mean, number one, this would um, be different if she's on the pill because she's not getting um, like her natural hormone production has like shut down. Um, But then number two, yeah, um, during menopause. Yeah, as well, because again, yeah, yeah, same thing as, you know, as you go through menopause, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I found that, um, like, just anecdotally, I went on the pill when I was 16 and I, like, went crazy. Like, I went absolutely, like, psycho because it made my estrogen, obviously, like, lower because you're on the pill because it protects you. It, like, makes you think that you're pregnant. And I find it's very common with women with ADHD who's been on contraception before. Um, but, yeah, that they tend to find that they don't behave well with it. Um, so that was, like, the first time and last time I went on contraception because, yeah no wow. way <laughs> just another reason to stop taking hormonal birth control no, and not advice, so like don't listen no, to me no, but yeah. it's, more just it's more just like awareness like if you are on the pill or you're on any sort of like hormonal contraception just be aware that it can be different for you again can be not will be but yeah just to be aware mm. of it yeah how interesting 
the female body is amazing isn't it yeah it's so interesting and it's like kind of I'm like kind of annoyed that I'm only just learning this stuff now because I'm like damn (laughs) stuff beforehand and I think like that's one of like the I don't want to say worst things about having ADHD is like you kind of start to learn about yourself and then you're like Mm. damn like could have known this like five years ago my life would have been so much easier but you know what it's good that you know <laughs> you know now dating- yeah exactly exactly because yeah. I was um I was yeah I was also listening to a podcast and this woman was diagnosed at 40 so imagine living what that yeah um- like <laughs> it was quite funny like when I got um diagnosed I told my mom sorry mom but um and she was <laughs> kind of like like she was kind of like oh like that's interesting like I never would have thought of it like I you know I do the same thing so I just kind of thought it was normal and I was like yeah because I probably got it off you like because it's very genetic like it's a yeah. genetic thing so yeah it was quite funny that she was kind of like yeah I don't really like I don't really see it like I do those things too like and I don't have it and I'm like yeah probably because you do like <laughs> yeah so has your mom um like gone to get tested or anything not yet and I think because because she's the way like from what she said she's like I've been able to navigate it that's the way that she says it but yeah I would not be surprised um like mm-hmm. just like thinking back to like my childhood like love you mum amazing but yeah. a bit late think, like, disorganized but like amazing like best childhood ever but it's just funny like thinking back now to that yeah and, like, well now you can see you could have been benefited from that stuff too mum <laughs> yeah oh wow that was awesome that's awesome well so um now my last question where do people find you Jacinta yeah so um my Instagram is gkillen so k-i-l-l-e-n-p-t um I'm pretty much just only on Instagram I do also have a website but yeah you can find me on Instagram um uh yeah that's pretty much it (laughs) yeah awesome thank you so much for that amazing chat. I hope like everyone learned something. I mean, I learned something. So thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I honestly could talk about this for forever in case you couldn't tell. So yeah. Yeah, any other- <laughs> what? I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, no, Thank you so much for having me on and letting me kind of spread awareness about this. I really appreciate it. No worries.